Hello my loves, I'm Carly Deering and this is Tea with Kings and Queens, the podcast where I chat to the most exciting performers from the world of drag, burlesque and cabaret. In today's episode, I'm talking to the utterly gorgeous drag performer, singer, host and all-round stunning clown, Shah Kouturi. Shah is a Colchester-based performer who spent the last year creating incredible and diverse digital performances, as well as producing their own show, Rule 63, alongside Max Ryder, and hosting the podcast The Queen Speak with Kenzie Blackheart. We talk about all of these things in our natter today, as well as nerd culture, battling in a demon through performance, performing live again after lockdown, and much more. Enjoy! So today I'm thrilled to be talking to the magical clown, agent of chaos, serving up honey roast glam, Shah Kuteri. Hello, gorgeous. Hello. Hello, how are you? I am good. It's so nice to chat to you. Um, let's start as ever, just a quick check-in. How are you doing in these uneasy, strange times? I'm doing all right. Um as things are starting to, I was about to say loosen up, it's not loosen up, or free up. As as restrictions are slowly but surely going away, um, I found myself surprisingly busy. Um, not, not necessarily busy for, for anyone in general, but just it was a surprise to me that I am now suddenly busy um, and having to relearn how to be busy. Yeah, it's it's a funny time, isn't it? I'm excited to talk to you because you're the first performer I've chatted to since sort of the live performances have started going again. And I've seen you've done quite a few. You were at Crystal Lubricant show performing in Hoxton recently. What's oh, all that been like? It was it was interesting. So we did two shows that night and I did two numbers, one in the first act, one in the second. And the first time I did the first number. I came off and I was quite shaky and I was like, oh God, what is going on? Um, and I think it was just that course of adrenaline that genuinely haven't experienced in 18 months, mm. sort of since last March and uh, March to May, what, 14 months time. And suddenly my body went, oh my God, what is going on? All right. No, we, we used to do this. I remember this. Um, and by the time we did the, by the time I did the second song, I was like, yeah, I know what I'm doing now. And so it was just a joy to be, to be entertaining people and to be in a, a space around, around queer people. And, and, and just that's, oh, it was, yeah, it was delicious. And to have an audience again as well, reacting to you. Yeah, absolutely. And a, a glorious audience at that. I mean, Crystal does a, beautiful job of curating her lineups so that there is there is diversity in every every capacity of the word uh, in terms of who's on stage in terms of what they do in terms of their styles or aesthetics or their influences so you will always get a variety of everything and for me that's that's the dream that's glorious yeah definitely did you feel like your performance has changed at all over lockdown um, I feel, well, to be honest, so prior to lockdown, I think I had done sort of as sharp and pushing myself as a drag performer. I think I'd done three gigs. Really? Um, yeah, I, off the top of my head. So let me see. So I did, um, I did a fundraiser for a charity here, which I now work for. Um, I did a Valentine's night gig and I did a gig at Essex Uni. Uh, and then I was starting to perform, uh, starting in a competition called The Crown at Freedom in Soho. Uh, we did exactly one live show of that, uh, one of the sort of elimination shows. And then that night, in fact, Boris was saying, right, you shouldn't go to pubs, shouldn't go to, you should, don't go to bars. And it's just like, right, well, I guess this is over then. Um, so, yeah, I hadn't really, the ball hadn't gotten rolling. I'd established there was a ball. But I hadn't, I hadn't pushed it down the hill yet. So that's sort of what I'm trying to do now. But then, I mean, you haven't stopped through lockdown. Everyone, I've, all the performers I've spoken to have not stopped. Like the amount of competitions you've done. You're a competitive queen, aren't you? My goodness me, all the digital stuff you've done. So you did Top Banana, Luna's Drag Macabre, yeah. 
Precious Michael snatched game. Like you haven't stopped. Yeah, I, I suppose with with the lockdown, what's been interesting is, at the time, it felt like it couldn't have been worse timing, uh, because I was just starting to get started. But actually, I feel, um, and I know obviously this is super fortunate because there's so many people out there who have had to bit businesses and all sorts of stuff that have, have had to sort of close shop permanently um due to a variety of circumstances including lack of support including uh, inability to to run um it's almost forced me to give myself time to develop um i'd never painted my i'd painted my own face exactly twice before we went into lockdown um you're kidding well, because I I'd always got a friend to help, or I got my sister to I help, see. because I was just like, I'm not going to get it right. I can't see, I can't see my own face. So how could I possibly do this? I struggle with drawing, so never mind putting a drawing on your own face where you can't really see it. Um, and so I I just practiced, and I mean, by all means, you ask any of my, my drag friends, and they will delight in telling you I'm still definitely not a makeup artist, but I've got I've found a sharp face. Um, and I've got different ways that I can play with it. And I've gotten, I've gotten kinder of myself yeah. in terms of like, not just losing patience and getting rid of it all and going, right, I'm not bothering. There's no point. I was listening to one of your lives the other day and you were talking about how clown white was really important in establishing your shah face. Yeah. I mean, I, for, so for me, clown white, I just sort of, I'd, I'd had it for ages. I'd had it before I was doing drag. I just bought it because this will be fun. Um, and where I was, so, so I'd wanted to start drag in 2013 or 2012, years and years ago. I was quite young and I'd sort of gone, right, I really think I could be good at this. I think I could have a laugh with it. And then to be honest, my my view of what drag was was fairly clouded and, and sort of uh, restrained due to certain, due to ideals championed by certain mainstream influences on, on what drag is. Yes. Um, and so I spent, I spent the best part of a decade sort of being like, well, I'm not going to, there's not going to be, I'm not going to, they're not going to believe I'm a woman. I'm not going to be pretty enough. I'm not <laughs> going to be skinny and all this sort of nonsense. And the same sort of stuff that plagues us day to day. But I was also going, and now that will also be the case in my art. Um, and then one day I just thought, well, no, what if I just don't bother? And so, so I, I rarely wear wigs because they're hot, to be quite frank. They're hot and... Well, expensive. I'm, and expensive. And, and also, to, to be honest, and this is going to sound, I don't know. I, I don't think that long hair has the monopoly on femininity. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I've, I've, whilst for me, Shah is necessarily a big feminine expression, but some, but uh, just a freer me. Um, in terms of the, the gender play there, I quite like, well, like I was really feeling myself the first time I'd not worn a wig. Um, cause I'd tried and then I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. And I took, and I just let my, my, I've, I've been shaving my head for sharp recently, like in the last year, but I just let my short hair with big makeup and whatever else I was wearing. And was just like, it's not really about for me. I want to look camp, but it's not about duping the audience or, or, or selling them an illusion. It's just going, right, this is camp. And you're gonna love it. You're you're gonna like come talk to me if you're not entertained. Is is <laughs> my goal. I, I mind if I look a mess, um, and sometimes I can't help that. But so long as so long as people enjoy what I do, um, everything else is is second for me. At what point did you realise then that drag didn't have to be like this one type of kind of pretty feminine expression? Did you start seeing other performers? out there um i think uh, so so having gotten more involved with the particularly with the london drag scene i was about mm. to say the culture drag scene there isn't one yet we're building it so there's a few of us but we're, we're slowly but surely building um but 
it sort of happened at once. I sort of, I just decided, right, stuff this. Why would I not try this? I will just, I, I just had to make a deliberate decision to go the, not the furthest from this ideal, this feminine or, or hyper femme ideal. But I just went, if, if I don't feel I'm going to achieve that, why would I pursue that? Let's do something different. That's where the clown white came in. So I just sort of went, right. I can't. There's no possible way of me doing a full sort of, effectively a clown face to start with and achieving feminine illusion. Because they're, they're, they're going for two different objectives. So if I just change what the objective is, rather than criticising myself for not achieving A, I'll work towards B. And then... Of course, of course, I never achieved A. Eh? That wasn't the new. Go that wasn't the goal. We're focusing on something different. Um, so yeah, I just sort of went. Well, actually, let's just go for. Let's make a deliberate choice not to, be, this female illusion or whatever, because in doing that, I I I can't beat myself up for not achieving it because it wasn't the goal. I'm not doing a shoddy version of one thing. I'm doing a uh, an okay version of another. Were you a performer before because you've got this most incredible singing voice and I've seen you do kind of magic tricks as well and you do describe yourself as a clown. Yeah, I, 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 I feel myself somewhere in between um, clown and queen, I guess. I tend to just refer to myself now as a drag performer because mm. I guess I don't want to... Because there, there are some queens out there who there is no question they are a queen in every like sense of the word for me like the regality of it they are a queen um whereas i yeah i'm very much drag for me is a medium mm -hmm. rather than a, a form in and of itself um you you well you, you'll know how from having spoken to so many different uh performers you'll ask someone and they'll, they'll say i do drag and then that's not the end of it it's <laughs> i do drag i'm a drag comedian i'm a drag singer i'm a drag perform and so it's it's sort of it's the method through which they deliver the net the, uh, the 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 bulk of their art the core of their performance um so for me yeah it, it was just another it was another thing i wanted to try so i studied oh, goodness me i spent too long studying performing arts for the lack of work i've had in it uh, I think that's the way for the majority, um, or at least I'll tell myself that just to be sure. Um, so I did, I did a, a degree in creative performance, which is a, a very uh, floral way of saying acting and a bit of writing. Um, and I did, I then went to drama school in London and did an MA in music theatre, um, which was the only time I sort of studied singing and worked on singing. Um, I've, I've just been very fortunate in that I didn't really sing publicly until I was about 19 um, because the thought terrified me. <laughs> and then I, I suppose what probably where I've been fortunate and unfortunate is because I didn't have any technique, any training growing up. Um, I, I beat the hell out of my voice. And as a result, it's ended up sort of quite, quite used to a kick him um and so it, to be blunt it's yeah it's gotten quite used to, to sort of not being as best looked after so it tends to be quite resilient um but i don't i don't know where like my family no one in my family is like my bless her my mum loves music and she she always says to me well i i gave up my voice so you could have yours and because she hasn't got a very strong voice and she's Welsh, which makes it even worse. <laughs> yeah, she's supposed to sing. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about some of your digital performances then, because I can't believe that you hadn't been performing a show for that long before you started creating all this stuff. Because, I mean, the Gloomy Sunday video, for example, that's a music video and you're singing this glorious jazz number. Where did that come from? That was... that's. A so I did, I did a competition called Electric Bills Drag Race. Um, <laughs> hopefully they're not going to be pursued. I don't imagine they're too big a scale. And that was, that was my first sort of digital competition. It was last, last June, maybe June, July time. And 
for me, that just was like the opportunity to do something new each week. Um, it, it was it was it was really sort of educational to to finding different things that I like to do, different styles. And so I met someone through that called Mother Demdike, who is a phenomenal performer based in Hastings. Um, their 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 skill defies the amount of time they've been doing it, um, and so does their face. To be frank, because they look quite old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving that she, in. I'm leaving it in. Um, yeah, oh, please, please do. I'll, I'll at it. Um, she uh, <laughs> she wanted to do a show. She wanted to do a digital drag show, and it was it was called an evening of gloom, and asked me if I would do it having gotten to know each other through this competition I just thought well I know exactly what song I want to do it's one of my favorite songs of all time um it's just gorgeous mm. um it's a gloomy Sunday uh the my favorite recording is by Billy Holiday um the melody is also known as the Hungarian suicide song um it, it has a mythos behind it of of the song to which the most people in the world have committed suicide which is a horrible, horrible sort of morbid backstory for a song to have. But when I first heard it without having known that, it's just, it's haunting. It's yeah, such beautiful, beautiful lyrics. Um, and so I suppose with that video, so most of the digital stuff that I'd done before that was me standing in front of a wall, singing live, start and stop trim the edge, trim the ends and just go for it. And I thought I need to, if I'm going to do a, I, I wanted to do something different. And so I sort of thought, well, actually, if I've got Gloomy Sunday, which I know is a great song and it's about grief. And I just wanted to play. I wanted to revisit a bit more of what I used to do when I would devise at, at uni and that sort of stuff. So I, I took the idea of grief and the five stages of grief. Um, and hopefully it tracks. It's, it's, some people picked up on it. Some people didn't. And either either way, like ultimately, there's going to be different things in there for different people to enjoy. But I I sort of spent a very strange hour in the in the spare room at this uh, at my house in sort of mafia widow drag, screaming at a camera and and just just giving it some for the like rem reminding myself that i i act um i still I, I had people ask why i didn't lip sync and i think that's that's a very valid question um and the answer is because to be frank it scares me a bit i tried to avoid lip syncing it's 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 strange because there's some people who would be like i could never sing for me lip syncing feels very exposing I'm so used to relying on my voice, both as a singer and as just spoken, um, that when you ask me to do stuff physically and, and sort of trust my body a bit more, it's it's a little trickier. So you um, say so that's you, how Gloomy Sunday came about. You say you wanted to try. Oh, this is on your IGTV, by the way, if people haven't seen it yet. Um, you say you want to do something different there, but I mean, all your digital performances have been really diverse and different. That's why I was asking you about your face, actually, because I think your looks are so diverse as well. Um, but you also did something very dark for Luna's Drag Macabre, obviously, and something quite personal. Um, what was that like putting that together? We will get on to the lighter stuff, <laughs> I promise. Of course. Um, well, no, I've just happened to do a few um, quite exposing videos. Uh, so, so Luna's Drag Macabre was... A hell of an experience mm. um shout out to dandy issues who won who yes, i know you've previously had on, on the podcast um and lovely actually to see that, so just speaking on dandies a take that wasn't music based that wasn't was was just pure talking pure performance pure acting um glorious um for me i'd ummed and ard a lot about it when I'd when I'd got accepted because I'd I'd applied for a laugh to be honest. I was like, right, well let's let's do some let's do some horror drag, whatever mm. that is, jar, and figure out what that could be. And then when when the theme came through as inner demons, I sort of thought, well my my main inner demon uh, as a person of uh, some rotundity, 
<laughs> as a larger person, my weight has been a has been a, a key source of uh, stress, insecurity, um, lack of self love historically. Um, and in lockdown, I've had a weird old relationship with it because um, as things got freed up last year, towards the end of last, like August, September time, I actually lost two and a half stone just through, I was like, right, let's just do it. Let's just get on it. Um, and then to be blunt, November happened and December happened. And I was just like, I, I can't, I can't yeah. keep, because I was seeing people, I was going out for walks, things felt better and then we we went back in again and again and things got cancelled and I just I've, I've put the majority of it back on mm -hmm. I know now like we're, we're working at it again and I'm in the right headspace to to get back on it but it's it's bloody hard work yes. and so I wanted to sort of explore the nature of of that that demon that that idea of sort of not what you don't when so it, if and when i binge i'm not binging because i'm going oh cake lovely cake i love cake it there, there there is a there's an anger at oneself in it there there is a a, a, a dislike that fuels it i I, re, I remember one of the things one of the memories that i had i think i was like 12 and I'd cut 12 or 13. I was early in secondary school and something awful. Like I, I was, I was in retrospect, I was quite monstrously bullied. Um, although I didn't really acknowledge that until a few years ago when my sister was like, yeah, you were bullied at school, weren't you? And I was like, was I? She's like, well, think about And I was like, oh God, if that had been someone else, I'd have said to sort it out. I'd come home from school and I just remember I was I was crying and I was cross and I was having an awful day and I just lay on the floor of the kitchen and it was just eating yogurt I didn't want yogurt mm -hmm. I just wanted to push my feelings down um and you use you use food food is a very good suppressor of of emotion because you you get to that point where you're a bit full and you're like right now I can just like mong out on the sofa just chill and and forget about stuff um and so the number for drag macabre was was very much exploring my relationship with that part of myself um when we when it was so i i edited it i finished it i sent it in and i i didn't look at it i tried not to think about it um i definitely i feel like now in retrospect i could have gone further there were things that i wanted to really explore um but i'm i'm happy with how it turned out i don't know necessarily that i might not try and remake or revisit it one day but when i was watching the episodes i just suddenly got terrified it was very strange to know that so i'd made it that was fine and then suddenly people were watching it and i was sitting and watching and watching the live chat and it just felt very exposing. Mm. And when it had finished and people, for a start, got what I was trying to communicate, there was just a big wave of relief. It, it, was, it was a wonderful experience. And uh, Luna and uh, everyone else involved were really supportive, really lovely. Um, there, was a, there was a lovely sort of group feel and everyone was very supportive of each other, which was nice because that is scary exposing exposing yourself yeah the the whole show was amazing and there were a lot of personal um pieces put in that would you normally watch and read the chat at the same time when you're performing on a digital show um i i do when if i've pre-submitted it mm -hmm. um so so the, most of the live stuff that i've done or sort of the the streamed stuff or whatever has been um has been like on an Instagram live so I can, so part of what I, so one of the things I used to do a lot was I'd go live when I was space for having recorded for something else. I'd just hop online and do what I, what I used to call like chaos karaoke, which is just, I'd say someone say a singer or someone say a song you want me to do and I'll do my best job of it. And it was just silliness. You're going to bring that back. That was really fun. I'd, I'd, 
I'd like to. I need to figure out when, because the problem is, is all the times currently, a lot of the time that I would normally have done it, which would be like a Thursday or Friday evening, I'm busy. Yeah. And I, I, I miss sort of, so I've, I've done recently a couple of um, Insta lives and, and gotten a couple of people on and just had a natter, which has been lovely. Um, and I've remembered that I just, I just like having a chat. Nice. I've I've really enjoyed those lives you've done. What's your relationship with social media like now? Because for so many performers, it's been a really intense time. Like that's the main way you've been able to communicate with audiences. How do you feel about it now? Has it been quite kind? I think some people have had a, a very difficult time with social media and some people have been able to use it to their advantage. I think um in terms of in terms of the, the the balance between life and social media, to maybe maybe to my shame and detriment not much has changed i was appallingly invested and, and okay. very active before before the the lockdown and so i just that that was sort of the thing is everyone moved digital and i was like welcome welcome <laughs> to my space i've been here for years pull up a chair um i yeah i i people people have been very kind um in terms of instagram we're slowly but surely like What's nice is, is I there are response people are responsive and and that's lovely and and I've managed to foster relationships with people that I may never have met, which is which is the whole point. It's so nice um, to to sort of have people that I can regularly drop in and and have a natter with and make plans. So there's been a few people that I've sort of gone and met since. Um, and yeah, I've I've found it to be, and I'm aware naturally as a as a cis white man, um, I'm aware that it, it is set up in my favour anyway. Um, <laughs> but I have found people to generally be quite lovely. Um, I don't I I don't get much hate. Maybe that's because I'm not yet making enough of a of a wave to do so. Because naturally, when you when you stir stuff up more people are going to get more eyes on it and there are going to be people who disagree. Um, so I don't get much hate. Um, time will tell. Time will tell. But at the moment, just plodding along, just doing what we're doing. I probably could be more active, but I'm a very good lurker. Uh, I'm very good at looking at everyone else's stuff. <laughs> I think it's been interesting over the last few months how social media, I guess mainly I'm on Instagram, but just to see how communities have reacted to certain things. So there was the Little Mix scandal, which Instagram immediately jumped on with Little Mix, mm -hmm. um, you know, dressing up as kings, but not actually consulting kings or having kings in their video. And then there's the cultural appropriation issue that happened a few weeks ago that I think you were talking about on your live. I think it's been really interesting to see how these issues have been tackled publicly on social media. I think generally it's been quite positive. Yeah, I'd agree. I think um, really important in terms of um, the, the, the cultural appropriation discussion, mm -hmm. um, Shay Shay, uh, who I think is on uh, Instagram at Shay Shay Show, um, has taken their time to make, make, make a couple of videos on, on the topic and on generally the topic of sort of calling out versus and I'd, it's interesting because I'd never heard it phrased this way and it makes perfect sense. They, they suggest that rather than calling someone out, you should first try calling in yeah, and have a discussion videos. with them. Oh, so, and, and brilliantly informative and very generous that they, they've sort of taken the time to do that. I, I would recommend anyone go watch that mm. um, and, and go say, go say thank you and go sort of, because we have to, Whilst we have to sort of make sure we are listening to people, absolutely, um, we can't rely on marginalised people or, or people in minorities to be doing all of the work. That's not that's not the point. Mm -hmm. um, and and as as I had recently said, allyship is is sort of demonstrable. It's not you you can't claim yourself an ally. Allow, allow the people you hope you are being an ally to to give you that status um because otherwise it's no different to sort of saying i'm a vet because i've got a cat 
<laughs> great yeah you know what i mean yeah uh, you you've you've got to you've got to demonstrate that you've got to you've got to live it mm. if, if you if, if you want to be an ally prove it yeah um and i think that's that that's the case across whoever it is uh whether it's um uh the disabled community whether it's lgbtq plus whether it's racial um uh, racial diversity whatever it is um just do just do the work yeah it's interesting you say that actually and, because um, it, it is pride month um how do you sort of deal with the increasing commercialization of uh of this time of the year that's it's tricky because i i view it fairly cynically um at the same time i would still rather see more rainbows so i so to an extent like i i would rather there be um i'd, I'd rather see the the work throughout the year mm -hmm. uh, to sort of support so so stuff uh big big businesses evidencing that support rather than just sort of capitalizing on the pink pound for the for june one um, of the banks today i think hsbc or someone has a ro rainbow on their logo which just seems ludicrous to me like well i mean I, I were it my choice i'd have rainbows everywhere mm. it makes me it makes me happy for a start so i'm all for like if it's the month of june and everyone puts up the rainbows i would love to see actual uh support and actual sort of again allyship uh throughout throughout the year um but so, for, so long as people think about what they're buying and what they're spending and when they're doing it uh that would that would be my my sort of thing is actually examine who you're buying from mm -hmm. and and take time to look at who you're doing business with they might have a pride flag now but after June, what what does that sort of does does the message behind that last? Um, it, it is quite a cynical view. I I, I don't think it's a, a, an uncommon view, um, but I also I can't. It would take too much time. Like we we've got let's fight let's fight bigger fights than just getting cross that Nat West have put a rainbow in there in their logo agreed agreed well let's talk about something really positive then um well firstly you're winnie the pooh so we've talked about some of the dark performances you've done but you also did the digital winnie the pooh um piece yeah for snatch game which was really fun <laughs> where did that it come from so so silly it's great so that that was electric um electric bills drag race this is this is what i mean like um though i didn't win uh i call myself runner up um though i didn't uh i did sort of eight weeks of creating things and we we did a snatch game in that and i was freaking out because i didn't know who to do and i'd wanted for like some time to just work on doing a winnie the pooh voice outside of drag just because it amused me and then i thought well I reckon I could get away with it if if I just paint myself fully yellow and just go for it. They can't at the very least I'll get an A for commitment yeah. for like a full full body paint and weird stuff. And then I don't know, I just I just found that it's really fun to say borderline rude things <laughs> as someone's childhood hero. It's great. Can you do any of it now or do you need to warm up to be poo? this is going to be dreadful so we might we might have to edit if if it Go goes on. awry straight away and let me think the main thing the main thing that i used to do to get into it and bearing <laughs> in mind there will be people listening to this who do a far better winnie the pooh um i sent a message to someone and they replied and it was i thought they'd got it recorded by jim cummings who voices oh, wow Pooh. that's not helpful I was just like, oh my god no i was like i don't i don't want that um <laughs> who, 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 oh carly we've had a wonderful time <laughs> that's excellent it's so silly um so th so then precious mcmichaels was doing uh was doing her, her snatched game and i thought you know what i'm gonna enter 
Um, and I went for it, and I didn't. I didn't win the. I didn't win my heat. Uh, and I was like, oh, what? I felt like I'd done really well. Um, and then they messaged me and said they wanted a, a wild card for for the final. And, and that was me. And so I went into the final and very fortunately for myself, won, which was glorious. What did uh, you we, win? We, especially Prestige. as I, I won 100 quid. Oh, nice. Oh, that'll do. That's so, nice. So in fact, what I did with that 100 quid was bought some bought some pads off of one of the other competitors in the final so it's like it, it all goes around i'll give you 100 quid you give me some pads we're both winners great lovely have you got to wear them yet um he, <laughs> so i bought pads and then so i'm i'm about to sell two-thirds of my drag wardrobe i've just I've, i'm changing it up and going for stuff that now that i have a better idea of who shah is um, and in fact, I'm going to collect my first commissioned look from the post office uh, once I finish this. And I'm very pleased with it. Can we have a hint um, about what it might look like? I basically, I designed a dress for when I want to look like a total babe. The sheep pig. Yes. And <laughs> yeah, that's what we're going for. We're going for total 100% babe, the sheep pig. Um, and that is that is the look. So there will be pictures i'm i'm debating whether or not to save it because i'm ho i'm hosting culture to pride this year so i'm i'm thinking i might save it much as it will pain me because i'm very excited about it i'm thinking i might save it till then and that's tail end of august so not too far but long enough that i'm like oh i don't want to just leave you in the cupboard um so i bought these pads and then realized that all, all of my drag up until now, because I, I don't usually pad, and I, I think this will be something I want to play with on and off rather than a consistent form. Again, because I just like having freedom to change stuff. They, they fit under two of the things that I own, because everything else was bought to fit me as I am, rather than me with a, uh, a drag body. So I'm going to be looking at getting some stuff for the pads and some stuff without the pads, and then I've got room to play with exciting so at the moment no i haven't worn them <laughs> we'll keep a lookout on your instagram for those pictures um by nature are you a competitive person given that you've done all of these competitions throughout the last year um i feel like i've done quite well not to be a dickhead with <laughs> the competition. that wasn't my question <laughs> um no so so yeah i would say so um, I used I used to be a, like I am still I'm not a great loser, um, although I'm like if 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 I'm playing games like video games or board games or whatever I'm not a great loser. In terms of the drag thing, like what I've gained a sense of perspective. All the all these things like it's not judging me. It's judging how I've met the criteria that they've got which might not even be because i don't know what it is the same criteria i had for when i was creating whatever i was creating mm -hmm. um so in terms of drag competitions i i am competitive and i want to win um and half the time i back myself strongly to win like i i feel like i'm self-aware enough to know when i'm when i when i'm a front runner and i am a, a dark horse but it's never been, I've never lost it over sort of not doing as well as I want to, um, which maybe five years ago would have been a different case. That's good. Um, well, let's talk about your own show then, Rule 63, Drag. Yeah. Oh. I know. Which is meshing together drag and nerd culture, which for me is just the ideal combination. Um, makes yeah, me very it's happy. Super fun. Um, I met Max Ryder through Top Banana Pageant, and we were just having a natter. We both play D and D. We both are into just just into geek culture and nerd culture. And we it had occurred to us we we sort of said, well, where where is where is that represented in drag? Mm. Because we know so many nerdy drag performers. 
but where where is the space that sort of goes right sort of this is nerd drag um it's admittedly it's on the it's on hold at the moment just while we sort our lives out and whilst we're whilst we're sorting some stuff out but we did our first show hey last day of april i think goodness me was it that long ago um which was got to snatch them all uh our pokemon themes drag show it's terrific um it was just so much fun it was so silly um yeah it was it was just lovely and we we met a lovely bunch of people who were all also up for just being being silly and everyone sort of presented something different and a different tone the the criteria was we just sort of said right you need to pick a pokemon or um or a character from pokemon that's it that's all we need to know and then you just create it send it to us and we'll put it together um and that was my first that was my first real 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 trial with editing mm. um so i just put together the drag macabre number and was working on editing my number for uh for the poker show and doing the whole edit putting the whole thing together um and i found that i quite enjoy it so i i do want to and we max and i both spoken and i think we want to we do want there to be a physical physical component an in-person component to to whatever we do next with rule 63 but we also it makes sense to have it be digital Mm. That's where that's where the nerds live nowadays. That's where that's true. you find that's where I you am. find the forums. You, like you, it, it, the internet has been a big part of making nerd culture sort of a full culture rather than a few outliers and outsiders. You like it's it. Growing up, I I don't know what I'd who who I'd have been without the internet. To be quite blunt, because I I found the people who liked the stuff I liked through the internet because they weren't at school. And if they were, they weren't. Open, they weren't. They weren't very forthcoming about sort of being interested in in all the different things that I was interested in. What so other I stuff were online. you into? I, I know mean, you like Hitchhikers. Oh, Hitchhikers is my favourite book. Favourite book. Um, in fact, I've got it. It's just a pride of place on my on my bookshelf. I love superheroes. I've always loved. Um, specifically x-men if i had to choose a uh, a franchise or a group um i'm big into i'm quite into wrestling pro wrestling which i'm finding more and more drag performers are um and my theory is that actually all all drag all wrestling is drag it like it really is you look at all these guys with big hair and big muscles and big attitudes and that's a drag king. Yeah, yeah. That's literally what it is. You are drag kings. You don't realise, but and so they're two sides of the same coin for me. Um, so I'm I've fallen back in love with that in the last few years. Um, board games, much to the occasional uh, disdain of my friendship group. I think there's only one day a year where I can rely on them to definitely be up for board games, and that is <laughs> literally my birthday. And they're like, yeah, go on then, do a games night. But I've I've found through, we've got a board games cafe here, and I went there, and I've so the start of January January, twenty nineteen, I've been playing D and D on a weekly basis with just a group of strangers. We all just met there, and we just went right. This this works. This this dynamic between us ba- is balanced. Let's play. And so every week, without fail, hop onto hop onto Discord uh and played D all the way through the pandemic which has been a big wow <clears throat> helped with the routine what's your character of choice see at the moment i'm playing a a nana basically she's a badass nana her name is mags and she's a i don't know if you know about selkies no Sel- so a selkie uh it's an irish myth I think Irish or Scottish folklore um, about they're, they're like women of the sea and they turn into seals. Fantastic. And so when they go into the sea, they turn into seals. So she's just this angry Nana who occasionally can turn into a seal um, and, and very much is the tank of our group. So if we need to fight someone, I go, I go forward. 
this is how we get through pandemics isn't it absolutely imagination and creativity it's it that's it it's it's just magic it's so so much fun yeah um let's talk about your podcast goodness me <laughs> the queen speak with the wonderful kenzie blackheart the wonderful kenzie blackheart who edits formats does I, I feel very bad because people people are like oh I really liked your podcast and I, I genuinely I feel like a guest on it which <laughs> well I will be talking to Kenzie very shortly I hope as well so uh, we'll get their take on it too yeah they're 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 wonderful so they we met on BBC Radio Essex where we'd both been asked to hop on and do a roundtable about the state of drag during the lockdown um and then we formed I put together a little Instagram group chat to be like or with the, with, I think there were five or six of us, just so that we could all be in touch and then hopefully when things opened up, start doing stuff in Essex. Um, and she messaged me and she said, oh, I'm doing this show about The Masked Singer and I know you like The Masked Singer. And we did a YouTube show called The Tucked Guesser, um, which, which again was a lie because I was, well, neither of us were, were ever tucked for it, but, you know, it works. Um, and we just had we just had a nice we just had a nice dynamic. We just sort of played off each other quite well. So she we then talked about what were we going to do next because she had no interest in doing the tucked guesser two on the masked dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we should, we said let's just do a podcast. In fact, I think after one of the recordings, we were just talking about, uh, and I think it then became or, or we then used that topic for one of the first episodes, just being a a larger gay just being a bit big and homosexual. Um, we started talking about that after one of the video recordings for the YouTube show. And she she just said, I, I want to record this properly. And so we did. And so the first few episodes actually were just conversations between us. Um, and then we, who, who was our first guest? So we had Mark Anthony on as a, as a, uh, as a effectively as a guest, but on a specific topic. Um, and then Licorice Black agreed to come on. And uh, basically because Licorice Black is a big fan of Kenzie's mum, because uh, Kenzie Kenzie's mama ma- ma- Blackheart is an icon. And messaged Licorice and was like, uh, Kenzie, Kenzie and Shah are doing this thing. Would you mind joining? And so we, we just had probably best part of a 90 minute chat with licorice and then we found our format after that we were like okay well let's get someone else on and just found a bit of a shape for things and not looked back since really I love it I love the episodes with your guests and it's a very lovely diverse bunch too um but I do really like those episodes where it's just you two chatting as well what's it been like because you've covered like quite a lot of personal topics as well has that been an Mm. enjoyable process I've I've since I reached a point in, when I was very young, where, well, comparatively very young, like mid-teens, um, where I just realised, like, for me, I was just like, I don't think any any of this, any any of my stuff, felt so precious that it couldn't be shared. Yeah. Be be that positive, negative, uh, emotional whatever um and so since then i've been a relatively open book um because well because it's all almost everything that's in my past i can't change it now anyway Mm -hmm. um so if there's something to be learned from it for myself or for someone else or if there's some something someone could benefit from an experience that i've had i don't see like Holding on to that does nothing for me. I don't. I don't gain anything from that. Whereas if someone could gain perspective or a different opinion or a different stance or idea, um, yeah, I've. I've just. I don't know. I. It. It doesn't seem. It seems odd to me that people would be. I understand the need for privacy, and there are things that. I wouldn't discuss with certain parties or I wouldn't discuss freely immediately. But otherwise I like, I don't mind. And I, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how to sort of phrase it, but like, I've just never, I've never been fussed about talking about stuff particularly. 
I think that's why I love it. it and it's a lovely balance as well between talking about super deep issues and then just loads of lovely silliness. Your cultural broth sections are always fun where you're just talking about your favourite things. Um, I think podcasts as well as digital drag have been such a godsend over the last year and a half. Absolutely. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't have coped with that podcast. I mm. listened to far too many. And now I've got the problem where I'm busier and sort of I get my, my podcast schedule updates with like two or three on two or three different days and I just oh god okay yeah. right I need to get through that I need to get through that and it shouldn't be a chore no it's still a, still a delight but I'm like I need to I need to factor in time management now for it <laughs> definitely well it's just been glorious talking to you um we've, I've wanted to talk to you for such a long time so it's been wonderful to spend a bit of time with you now so thank you so much um where can we find you uh, and importantly, what's next? Where can we see you live, hopefully? So in terms of where you can find me, I am at charcuterie, S-H-A-R-C-O-O-T-E-R-I-E, on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, because uh, no one else would ever combine those letters in that way. Um, and where you can see me next, oh, this is this is dreadful. I'm going to have to look it up. You got your diary. Um, yeah, I have. Oh, wait, I've written it all down. I was just writing it down so I could see it yesterday. Um, so I am next performing on the 8th of July with Kenzie and a variety of other wonderful performers. Joey Bambino, Dosa Cat, Amber Dexterous, Rox Hart, Lamont Lamond, Tracy Paper. Uh, I'm performing with all of those wonderful performers at Hot House Drag, the Hot Box in Chelmsford. Um, and then the next big thing... Uh, the main the main one big number one thing would be Colchester Pride 28th of August but I'm also at the RBT for Tutu's Soul Search where they're looking for a a new LGBTQ plus soul sing and I'm like I yeah so if you have time hop down to uh the Royal Vauxhall Tavern on the 28th of July and and come give me a vote for your support because it'd be camp it's gonna be so glorious Oh, wonderful. And in the meantime, I'd have a, head over to your IGTV and watch all the fantastic content you've got on there, particularly your uh, Jigglypuff performance, because it's wonderful. So thank you so much. I can't wait to see you live. Thank you. I look forward to meeting you in person. Oh, me too. It'll be glorious. Hi again, it's Carly. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you want to find out more or get in touch, head over to teawithkingsandqueens.com.